G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz. This is episode number 81 of the Outback Mine podcast. Thanks so much for joining in again, episode 81. We have Trevor Hendy along again today to have a chat uh, Trevor and I have kept uh, in touch since the last podcast and um, he's really keen to get back on and have a chat and uh, he's just um, been doing some amazing things actually with uh, Surfers Paradise, Surf Lifesaving Club and some other men's health initiatives and so forth that he's doing. So it's really timely to get Trev back on. Um, we're going to talk deeply about men's wellbeing today, um, what it is to really look after ourselves physically and mentally and, and what are the real secrets, I suppose, um, you know, to, to living a, a functional um, life that we can be engaged with that, uh, that's going to give us some happiness and uh, all the things that, um, that we can do to be able to improve our lives physically and mentally. So, you know, Trev's a, pretty much a, an expert in this sort of stuff. He's um, obviously, you know, done lots with Ironman, um, with his fitness over the years, but also more so over the, the last decade, it's more been about sort of connection um, to his higher self and uh, being able to live a little bit more consciously. And um, yeah, we're going to dive into a lot of that today. So I really hope you enjoy the conversation. Just want to make special mention to our primary partners, Green Nutritionals, Green Organic Superfoods. I really encourage you to check them out. If your diet's slacking in some area, they, they have um, tremendous products which can supplement our um our health and our, when our, um, our health is working well, our physical health is working well, our mental health works well. So certainly uh, check them out. We also get some uh, some support from Pure Life uh, Organic Sprouted Bakeries. So organic uh, bread that's sprouted. That um, when our when our breads are sprouted or when our grains are sprouted in our breads, our digestion uh, seems to work a lot better because our body doesn't have to work as hard to process the. The foods and um, and their breads are awesome. They're available all around Australia. Um, beautiful products. I really encourage you to check them out. PureLifeBakery.com.au. All right. And the other website for Green Nutritionals is GreenNutritionals.com.au. Please check them out. Support them if you can. All righty. Listen to Trev and I going at it. I'm sure you're going to get a lot from this conversation. Trevor Hendy, welcome back to the Outback Mind Podcast. Uh, thanks, Az, mate. It's always good talking to you. And, of course, you live in a beautiful place. So while I'm talking to you, I'm picturing you just walking around those North Queensland, mid-North Queensland beaches, and I'm just – it brings a smile to my face. <laughs> oh, mate. Uh, I, look, I, we, we don't want to, like, uh, spruik too much, but, um, uh, you know, I can wake up and see the sun coming up above the ocean, and it's just amazing. And a lot of my life I saw the sun coming up over wheat fields in country Victoria and I, th- I thought that was absolutely beautiful. Yes. Um, and it's just unique, you know, just to be able to get up at that time of the day and, and, and sort of see life uh, being formed, I suppose. And, you know, that's the gift that we've all got within us, I suppose, to be able to tap into that sort of stuff. Oh, absolutely, mate. As you know, I've just been posting videos on YouTube of, of um, my trip up to Cape York, you know, via 1770 and all those beautiful places. And it's amazing the comments of people sending through, like I put one on yesterday, it's got a bunch of waterfalls that we visited. And these people saying, oh, my God, how are those, how are those waterfalls? How is that? 
because even when we see nature, even on, on a device, on video, it straight away connects us back to it. We just go, oh, we can feel uh, the yearning to go there. Yeah. But um, we had crazy sunrises and sunsets and everything on that trip. So I'm looking forward to putting more of that out because it's really um, it's creating some amazing conversation with people, which is cool. Isn't it incredible like um, how denatured we've become in modern society now and uh you know, these things have never changed, Trev. Like, the, the sun's been coming up and going down like it has forever, but we we sort of, we've turned inward a lot and we're not actually, like, connecting with all these things that can actually help us um, to be physically and mentally well. Yeah, we've lost our way, actually. You know, like, we went, obviously, before we were sitting in these beautiful, comfortable houses, which most people are in, in the middle of cities and regions that are pretty busy and packed, um, before that, you know, you knew when the sun came up and you knew when it went down because it played a very, you know, many years ago, it played a very big role in exactly what you did and how you did it. Mm. Now it still plays the role, obviously, because we work in the daylight hours and we rest in the others for most of us. Um, but we still, we've just slowly drifted out of tune with those seasons and with those, you know, the days, the mornings, the sunsets, the sunrises, you know, and... It's just while we're out of tune with that, we're kind of out of tune with all those other flows, that resonance of the planet. And that, of course, means we're also out of tune with the resonance of the heart as well because we're in our heads and we're busy and we're running around. We're in the future and the past and we're trying to strive towards something and we're very, very rarely here, here and now, you know. And it's so, you know, it's, it's easy to say to people, oh, you're not in the here and now, but actually most of life is encouraging us to not be in the here and now, you know, but life itself is sitting behind going, come back, come back, darling, you know, come back yeah. and connect with me. So, you know, nature's calling us all the time, but it's just such a soft, gentle little voice that we can hear that it's drowned out by the busyness and how important we think the next thing we're doing is, you know. But uh, we've got to come back, mate. And I think that's one of the things about being stuck in your own state, in your own country and all these lockdowns. It's like, well, instead of trying to be everywhere else, we've actually got to be here. Mm-hmm. And... Okay, for a lot of people right now, they can only go 5Ks, 10Ks, 25Ks, 50Ks, whatever from home. We'll start from there, you know, go and exercise there. You know, get outside and connect with that. And that's a good start and trust that it's going to open up again through whatever means and reasons. But um, my goodness, we, we, need to, we need to get outdoors, you know. Um, and we're not, someone said to me, I think we might have mentioned this in the first podcast, but um, we're not actually re, we're not actually, um, um, disconnecting from uh we're actually we're reconnecting to nature you know like it's that's actually our our actual nature we're reconnecting to it when we go outside you know um so and we're disconnecting from this other thing that we're in which is this busyness and this idea that everything will be better in the future if we just do all these amazing things that my my head tells me i need to do Mm, that that that's exactly right We'll, we'll dive more into the detail of that um a bit later but when do you reckon it was that the shift came? Was it in the 90s or early 2000s that we actually like started to do things differently? You, you mean going away from nature? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you're, you're a couple of years older than me, but I sort of remember like maybe late, late 80s, 90s, that's when sort of things started to, to really shift with regards to uh, industry changing, you know, retail changing, all those sorts of things. We, we had a pretty simple life back then where... Pardon me, it was like sort of late night shopping on a Friday night, but now it's sort of seven days and you can the convenience is really taking us out of whack, I suppose, in many ways. 
Oh, totally, mate. And I think it's a sliding scale. I think it's hard to pinpoint exactly when, but there's a couple of key moments. Um, there's a few key moments. But from, you know, industrialisation all the way on, we've been sliding this way because then all of a sudden with industrialisation comes technology, you know, more technology and how you produce things faster and then we get locked into work hours and then, you know, next minute unions were created and, you know, things were going on and then it's all been about this this um, speeding things up and producing more and then, of course, when we produce more and it becomes cheaper, then we consume more, you know, so we've had this insatiable urge and desire and thirst for more, 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 more. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think a couple of the key things was um, certainly uh, when shopping hours changed, mm. You know, once upon a time you didn't, I think half a Saturday you could shop yeah. and not definitely not on Sunday. But I remember just being stoked on the Gold Coast. The Pacific Fair was open all day Saturday, then it was open Sunday. Mm. You know, um, limited hours, then it was open all day Sunday. You know, and then so extended hours started happening and things like that were introduced. I think that was a big one. And that happened in nightclubs and stuff as well, which is mm. sort of mirrored it. People were staying out later and pubs were open earlier and away, you know, open later. Mm. Um and then also when the mobile phone was introduced, you know, all of a sudden mobile phones really took us an interesting place because now you can take your work out and get it. And that took a while to take hold. But then, of course, um, not long after that, we had in- the internet. Well, we had the internet and mobile phones at a similar period of time. Mm. Now you can get all this information, which, of course, has played a double-edged sword role. The internet's been incredible because we all learnt all these things from each other that would have taken us centuries to learn if you had to sail a ship over and find it out from each other. Mm. Um, but uh, it's pretty crazy how slowly but surely it's a double-edged sword. There's a baby and bathwater in there because the internet's meant that we could have anything at any time. And then we went from an internet at home to an internet on our mobiles. It's not that long ago, 10 years or so, that it seemed bizarre that you could check the wind and the surf conditions on your phone mm. and look at the screen and see, and then all of a sudden apps came along and all this sort of stuff, and it went nuts after that. Mm. So there's all there's all these phases we've gone through, and oh. I love the movie The Matrix, you know, where we marvelled at our own technology, and then we slowly but surely lost our humanity in believing that we're actually connected by technology. But the only reason we're connected by technology today is because what we're saying what we're talking about is from the heart. Mm. So that's the only reason this is powerful because we could actually just talk about a whole lot of other stuff that's just selling more products and doing more services and then we're just part of the system. Mm. You know, so we need to use technology now to turn it on itself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. It's, um, it's incredible, isn't it? Like, you know, in our lifetime, how much change we've actually seen and uh, we look at, you know, our fathers and the fathers before them, our grandfathers and so forth, like they've seen slight change, but like it's been so rapid over the last 40, 50 years, particularly the last 20, 25 years. And, you know, at the same time, Trev, the mental health of, of, of men has, has certainly slid significantly, you know, like once yes. upon a time we, um, we, we'd go and uh, we'd work, we, we'd get, a uh, you know, a dozen bottles of beer like my dad did at once a fortnight um, that beer was probably not as chemically enhanced as what it is now. Um, so that was probably better for the mental health than what uh, the, the, current, uh, the current products are. But we've also got all this choice that wasn't there previously. Um, you know, and rather than having a few, few uh, selections, now there's multiple selections. And, you know, that, that's just one thing, which is great in a way, but also 
Um, I, I guess the simplicity of life has really um, you know, been challenged now. And, um, you know, I know personally I just try and give myself um, some structure with regards to that so I don't sort of, you know, get too swept away with... Um, with things and uh, and that, that can lead to you know I suppose um, uh, anticipation where the mind is you know really um, challenged because it can't make a decision. But if you keep things pretty simple, then certainly um, that can help uh, help with the mental well being. I suppose at the end of the day. Oh mate, you know a lot of what we're talking about here sort of brings up a sadness in me, and I think it's because. Um, you know, in, in sacred geometry, you know, they talk about the the geometry of the male and the geometry of the female, and the geometry of the male is a straight line, mm. you know, and the geometry of the female is the curves and the circles and everything. And if you think about it, a man in his traditional sense, he just goes and gets the job done. It's a straight line. It's simple. You know, you do what you do. You get it done. It's all pretty simple, mm. you know, not that complex. And the female wraps their arms around everybody, embraces, makes sure we've got the pillows for the trip and the food and when we're going to stop and all that sort of stuff. So the feminine energy in its traditional role, um, which is the yin in the yin and the yang, um, that, that energy actually envelops everything and loves everything. So the male kind of gets it done and the female, you know, keeps the love in play. And what's crazy is, inside of us blokes as well is is you know what i've come to learn and what i come to know and it's helped me hugely is we actually have both energies mm. you know we weren't born with all this male energy in fact that really burst into us besides our conditioning as a youngster telling us oh go be tough and all this sort of stuff besides the conditioning it really comes in when you go through puberty and you get the surge of testosterone which means your biology is is you know um tied to this role that you're going through and all of a sudden you feel like a man, you want to go out and conquer some things and do some stuff. And, and it's a very natural thing to do to go and express that for a period of time. But when we're born, we're very gentle, we're very loving, we're very caring, we've got a lot of soft, effeminate energy coming at us, we're very still and grounded. We don't have all these concepts of win and lose, even at a very young age. We share, we love, we kiss our mums and dads, you know. Um, and depending on the, the household we've grown up on, there's been a lot more hugs and things like that. You get older and that goes from a child into now you've got to go do something. Mm-hmm. So the simpleness in our testosterone says, let's go do it. But while we're going to do it, we've got this society around us that's actually becoming increasingly unsafe. It's becoming the, the rules of the game are becoming twisted and distorted and you know, government's decisions are being very questionable and now, right now, in the middle of what we're going on, our livelihoods are being questioned, mm. you know, um, businesses, everything else. So the male energy has never been more uncertain right now because all of the structure and the rules that we were living by, which is work hard, get ahead, uh, retire at the end with a caravan, you know, whatever it might be, a house and a picket fence and some grandkids or whatever it is, mm. that whole structure, that whole way of thinking has been turned on its head right now. You, you're not actually safe just to go out and do whatever you're going to do. First, firstly, you're not even allowed to go do it right now in a lot of places in Australia and the world. Secondly, when you if you do go do it, you don't know whether next week or tomorrow or this afternoon or Melbourne went into a, a one-week lockdown yesterday. They had three hours' notice for the whole of Victoria, mm. as you, you mentioned to me beforehand. You know, it's like so <clears throat> the, all the rules have been changed and all this uncertainty in the idea that we're trying to make people safe very questionable idea um 
but because we're making people very unsafe while we just shut down the whole world to try and fix something that's whatever i won't go into that but Mm. but basically the male has become increasingly increasingly um less validated less acknowledged less valued you know less worthy less connected in its traditional sense so the positive is it's pushing all of us to explore a little bit more. Why am I feeling this? Holy shit, just working hard and getting ahead is not going to actually make me feel safe, secure, connected because this could all turn up, turn upside down in a moment, mm. you know. And so if I do feel upside down, uncertain, anxious, you know, even to the point of depression, whatever it is, then that just means that you're actually feeling what's going on on the earth and which is this massive change that we're going through. But I feel the sadness I feel is for for men who have just done what they thought they were supposed to do. They've been told from a very young age, just go do this, mm. you know. And now that's actually never been more uncertain. Mm. You know, it's never been more shaky. It's never been more uh, unacknowledged. And even that, the idea that you demand that you should be able to go to work, now apparently you're, you know, a terrible member of society because you want to get on with doing what makes you happy or makes you feel like you're worthy and you're contributing. Mm. You know, so it's a really strange place we're at right now. And I know for myself, I'm, I teach this stuff. I work with people as do you. I, I love being connected. I love opening up, talking to people. I love exploring bigger and deeper concepts. But I know for myself, and I, had, I mentioned it to my wife this morning, we made the bed together, you know, and, mm. and I said to her, oh, my God, I just felt some anxiety, some anxiousness. And it was when I thought about I, you know, I'm about to do this podcast with you. I love talking to you and connecting with you. But then afterwards, I've got to send these photos and do that. And then I've got to call this and I'm and trying to employ someone at the moment. So I've got to let people know. And my mind starts going through all the things that I've got to do today. Mm. And soon as I go into this collection of things I've got to do, I have this anxiety and this feeling that I can't do all that. I can't keep up with it. I've, I've had enough. I can't handle this anymore. I can't do enough. I, When's it ever going to be enough, you know? Mm. And this is me, somebody who works on this and clears this and, and is, you know, doing pretty good with all this sort of stuff um, and having a successful, beautiful life and nothing really to complain about. But my own mind is in this current environment is still making me feel like there's not enough hours in the day and I can't do enough. And let alone I'm on the Gold Coast and I'm in a 10-kilometre lockdown, so I can only leave for exercise or essential services anyway. Mm you know, um, theoretically. So, you know, sit in your house and go crazy, mm. you know. So uh, it's a it's a really interesting thing, mate, around us us men. It's the same for women. I'm not making this conversation all about men. It's, it's, it's very much similar and related for women and for all human beings. But I'm just going to spare a moment for men and say, poor bastards, you poor buggers, you know. We're all actually struggling around who we are and what we're meant to do in this life right now because... What you thought you were meant to do turns out to be, you know, dangerous to the world, you know, in this current climate environment. So, and that's not actually the truth, by the way. It's just this kind of horseshit situation we're going through. Pardon the French, but um, but you know, we're it's it's not a good place for men right now. And that's more than ever we need to talk, be conscious, share with each other, and know that you're not going through this alone. You know, this is something everyone's going through. Mate, um, interesting, like. Like there is, I, I, I'll, I'll touch on this a bit more um, soon, but there is, there is um, things in our physiology which changes. And when we do sort of have, um, 
you know, uncertainty, then that can really um, uh, knock out our nervous system around. And uh, it's interesting you say a bit about anxiety because I've noticed uh, in myself the last few days that there's been a few things going on. And it's really yeah. interesting. I um, I went for a long walk the other day. I never take a device with me, but I actually like did. And uh, I just said, oh, I'll listen to something here. And I was waiting for a phone call. That's why, why I took it. But um, I, I went to Spotify and I, I flicked through a couple of things and then the power of now came up and, <laughs> and listening to Eckhart Tolle speak, um, now it was actually quite confronting because I hadn't been engaged with it for a few years because my mind was so busy, you know, <laughs> yes. I'm thinking, oh yes. God, you know, like this is, this can't be right. But yeah, once I sunk into it and, and really touched into it, it was, uh, it was profound, but that night, I woke up at sort of, you know, two in the morning with a bit of a dark night of the soul thing going on, you know. Yes. And, um, wow. But at the same time, I woke up, you know, a few hours later and I was, I was wake, actually waking later than I usually do. And I woke to the birds chirping and I woke to like this pure clarity, you know. Um, went down yeah. the beach, did a meditation and, and just sunk into all this sort of thing. And just, it's okay, you can let it go, you know. Um, yeah, it's like a local. It's like a localized experience. So the anxiety and the fear and the things that are being pushed up in everybody at the moment, mm. it's like it's like it's a local thing. It's actually happening in this local region in your brain where you're worried about this, this, and this. But you go outside. When I'm saying local, I don't mean local geographically. I mean local to our consciousness. We go outside and we connect. We listen to the birds and we feel the breeze and we feel the sunlight. Mm. And all of a sudden, you remember. Um, oh, right. Hang on. Your, your beingness expands out again, which then the opposite physiology happens, right? You know, instead of actually creating that cortisol and adrenaline and the nervous system fires up and you go into that stress hormones, mm. you go outside, you see the horizon again and you realise you're not in fight or flight and then a little squirt of serotonin and oxytocin comes through and then you actually start, your, your eyes dilate, you open right up and you start to see everything again. Mm. And then you go from the, the uh, sympathetic to the parasympathetic and, you, you know, from the amygdala to the prefrontal cortex and all this stuff is really good to know because you're like, oh, that's what's happening. Mm. But literally it's the difference between life and death. Yes. You know, like one, it's like a little death is going on every time we go into anxiety and then the opposite is, oh, you're free back out and then there's life again. Um, and that's what's crazy about what's going on on the planet right now is a lot of what we're being bombarded with in the media is all about how small and hopeless we are and how much of a victim we are and how how susceptible we are. It's just fear-based and it's terrifying. Yes. You know, it's actually getting people to think that they can't defeat this little, you know, this little virus or this little whatever, that their immune system's not strong enough for this super strain and all this sort of stuff. It's like that actually go against, goes against what we know inside our spirit. Mm. So whether or not there's re realistic elements to this and you can argue all the different things, but it just goes against what your spirit knows and your spirit knows you're okay. Absolutely. That's you know, right. And you don't have to give yourself away to get freedom because that's not freedom, you know. And so your spirit knows something's not right. But we've been so asleep for so long that they're able to do, tell us anything. And for a lot of us, we're going, yeah, I believe you because you told me that, well, but that didn't work out either and that didn't work out and you've never really solved my problems, but now we're going to try and let you solve the biggest problem. You know, so it's it's a funny one because at the end of the day, we have the power to change these things and to fix it and we have the power and we step outside and reconnect with nature and, you know, this incredible thing happens. And, and really quickly, mate, I um, Cody Simpson, who's a a young, beautiful young Australian who 
became famous in the music industry very young, got taken to Hollywood, did tour with Justin Bieber and did some amazing things in Hollywood. I've worked with him a lot over the years. He's a beautiful young human, crazy, incredible talent, singer, songwriter, poet, everything. He just came back to Australia, went to the Olympic trials as a swimmer and made the final in the 100 metres butterfly, right? So he's literally international, you know, Cody Simpson for people, look him up, young guy, come back to Australia, 23 now or so, I think, Um, come back to Australia, back to the Gold Coast and goes to Olympic trials, 100 metres butterfly, makes the final, PBs down into the 52s, like doing incredibly well, is going to commit himself. Well, anyway, he starts questioning things, just using Cody as an example, he throws out a post a couple of mornings ago when he has to swim in the ocean because the pearls are shut. And he just puts out a post saying, what a beautiful day to be outside, everything else. just makes me wonder, these lockdowns, you know, if politicians lost their wage and their income straight away, would they make the same decisions? Just, I'm not, you know, not blaming anyone, just asking the questions. I just wonder, are we on the right track? He mm-hmm. was just wondering, genuine, like, genuinely questioning everything else. Within an hour... That was in the Daily Mail in the in the United Kingdom. Cody Simpson questions um, lockdowns during in, you know massive Delta outbreak, and then yeah. just totally trying to, to destroy him and wipe yes. him out. Yeah, you know. And I, I just use as an example, as a beautiful young twenty three year old human. This is one example of so many people tries to question a bit of truth and understand so he can understand and start a conversation just mildly in a photo with writing on it. That's all it was. Doesn't even just a photo with writing on it. And then into the international media decide you're an enemy of the state and I'm going after going after you. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's just this really strange place that we're in. It's like but aren't we allowed to ask questions and aren't we this is how we got to this place of being a great human race is by trusting in ourselves and believing in endeavor and believing in you know um creation and manifestation and you know inventing new things and ingenuity and working hard is how we actually built this bloody planet Mm, and now you're going to tell us they're the enemies they're the enemies of this planet at the moment and we all should do as we're told it's a it's a strange thing but it's it's making our anxiety levels um almost be more on edge all the time because a lot of what was safe is no longer safe you know, and even this conversation could stir some people up. It's like, but, 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 we're going to be safe. We're going to do the right thing. It's like, yeah, absolutely, we should be safe and do the right thing. We're just, the question is, the debate is, what is the right thing? Yes. You know, oh, I'm so. comfortable to have the conversation, Trev, absolutely. I'm not fearful of it, you know, at the end of the yeah. day. Uh, look, you know, Cody's uh, comments, you know, the power of love, um, will always beat the you know the love of power at, at, at the end of yes. the day. So he he's talking at that from his heart because he sees sees what it is. And you know, Trev, four thousand years ago, I think people, that was Jimi Hendrix. Was oh, that Jimi Hendrix quote? I think power of love beat the love of power. I'm not sure. I um yeah, I, I thought it was mine. I, I might have uh, invented that, but I reckon someone else probably said it before me. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> But, mate, um, the Egyptians spoke about this time, uh, this moment in time about 4,000 years ago. Right. uh, That this was going to be pivotal with regards to, um, you know, a change in humanity. And I just believe that this was was seen coming and uh, perhaps uh, what's going on may be, um, you know, maybe part of that perhaps, you know, that there, there could be, uh, realistic, there's a virus, yes, but um, but this could be um, um, uh, an opportunity to keep people DDC, you know, dumb, docile, and compliant. 
uh, yeah, at the yeah. end of the day, and uh, and that's not that's not humane. I don't. I got a, I got a crazy got a crazy left field question for a bit of fun here for you. Yeah. You know, do you believe in past lives, and do you think you might have been around four thousand years ago when actually that was seen? Uh, well, mate, it's uh, that is a challenging one. I do have to, uh, I do have to, um, uh, yeah, ask myself that question sometimes with regards to this sort of th- things, but stuff. But there is some innate knowing there that actually like, yes. can see things um, differently than what I, uh, I perceive as uh, as Aaron Schultz or uh, yes. I, I perceive as what I've learned uh, in this lifetime. I can actually see things a little bit. Uh, a little bit differently, you know, so I'm a little bit more aware now, I guess. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's, a, it's a cool, funny question because it just gets us outside of our head and goes, oh, I wonder. Mm. Oh, yeah, is that possible? And I, I know for me I've had crazy experiences with incredible people in this lifetime, healers and amazing people, and I've, I've found myself having memories and experience going, wow, you know, if past lives are real, then I was there. Mm. You know, I've definitely as a soul lived in that consciousness at that time or – um, I'm completely connected to it because I've got full recall of what happened. You know, like I've had moments where I remember being in crazy, you know, times in the past. And even yesterday, I had some pretty crazy memories of a whole thing to do with the whole Christ consciousness. You know, this is me, someone very non-religious, um, never been in religion. And I had a full memory yesterday, a bit of a healing thing I got done. And um, I was like, oh, my goodness, I started remembering all this connection to that. Um, and how I've been on track and off track and on track and on, off track. It's felt like I've lived lifetimes where I've tried to speak the truth and been crucified or burnt at the stake or whatever, you know. It's, it's, it's a strange feeling. So I don't know whether we – I, I can't prove or say we absolutely have, but I certainly feel like I have access to that to that feeling. And I know that we're going through something very pivotal right now, and it is about simple things, taking it out of the woo, woo-hoo and the – you know, it's about simple things. It's actually about how we show up right now, you know, using our own energies to, to develop ourselves, expand our heart, heart out to others and to achieve whatever that enlightenment thing is for the benefit of everyone else, you know. That's the simple stuff. And um, I stole that from the Dalai Lama, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure he won't mind. But I, I think, mate, um Look, we have no idea as men, but as humans in general, of what we're actually capable of. Um, yeah. You know, our, 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 our awareness and consciousness is limited, but I've seen some tremendous things happen um, with regards to, say, someone being at another, you know, another part of the country or the world, a thought going on, the same thoughts going on within someone else, and all of a sudden they're, they're, they're making a phone call to each other at the same time, and all these yep. sorts of things are yes. you know, really, really um, available to us all. We just don't really know how to access these high states of, of consciousness, high states of being. We've never been sort of taught this. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I know yeah. that... Uh, sorry, mate. You know, I was gonna, just going to say, mate, it's, it's a funny thing because... The iceberg theory, you know, the tip of the iceberg is shown above the ocean and everything else is below. So what you can see above the ocean, which is our personality and our our bodies and our physical life we're living, that's just the, the tip of the iceberg to who we are. But another way of saying it is, you know, if we saw a wave and we saw a wave break and we said, oh, that wave's not the ocean, you know, but the wave came from the ocean and the wave broke and we saw that particular wave and then the wave after it broke, it rushed up the shore and then returned back to the ocean. Mm. And that's 
kind of another way I like to relate it is that all this intuition and, and serendipity and, and telepathy and coincidence and <laughs> which coincidence by the way means two incidences that are existing co- at a, at a same point in time so they're coincidence mm. so it's been it's it ended up meaning it's an accident but it's actually not what it means it actually means it was meant to be they they're colliding with each other mm. which is co as well mm. collision it's um they're, they're living together but um um, it's funny, all these things that we experience, which is out into those sixth sense and into that area, everyone experiences that. Every bloke, every woman, every person knows that feeling that, oh, I knew that was going to happen. Oh, I had a feeling about that. Oh, I had a hunch. I had a gut feeling. All this sort of stuff. That's actually who we are. That's actually a really, really powerful thing. Mm. But going back to what we said at the start, we've become so distracted to think that I've got to get to Pacific Fair this Sunday to buy that thing in the electronics store you know, that I really need right now and now I get it through Amazon and get it delivered to my door and I don't have to leave my house. Mm. We've become so distracted looking for things outside of ourselves that we actually, we've forgotten that this thing inside of ourselves, this intuitive thing, is a gateway into amazing, amazing things. And for now, I think it's the solution to anxiety, to our health problems, to everything else, is to go, hang on a second, I actually think I know what to do here. Start with some simple things, get healthy, improve my immune system, get outside, be active out in the world. Geez, I feel a bit shaky. All right, let go Let go of fear and worry about the future. Just do my best right now. You know what? My job, my role, my position might not last for much longer, but I'll be okay. I'll make it work. Mm-hmm. I'll find my way. You know, just this basic thing that we've lived with for eons, we'll find our way. And we will see each other in the street. If the whole thing went to shit and society collapsed, we would see each other in the street and, we'd, and I, you know, we will say, I'll look after you. Mm. I've got your back. Can I help you? Can you help me? Because mm. that's who we are, yes. you know, and the world wants to divide and conquer us and get us into all this needing, needing, needing and fighting over it. But at some point it's got to give and we've got to let go of all that and just go, you know what, all I really need is to just love thy neighbour, look after him, be with him, help him out. Let's look out for each other and we'll, we'll come through all this. But we, there is this incredible these faculties inside of us that if we ignored them, it'd be like saying the wave is the ocean or the wave is not the ocean. The wave is not the ocean. The wave is not the ocean. Mm. Human being is not all that. No, human being is connected to all the magic, mm. you know, and that's what we're returning to as this wave breaks. I believe that we're, we're tapping back into because we have to, the deeper, beautiful, simple stuff that could be just as simple as I knew that was going to happen. Mm. Surrender. You, 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 you've got to let it go, Absolutely. mate. It's, it's interesting. Um, I, I taught a meditation uh, to to uh, some people yesterday or a company online, and I was looking at a blank screen while they, they were all listening to me, and it was difficult to do this. But what I what I got them yes. to do was, you know, they're all busy in the minds and uncertain, you know, all these sorts of things going on. So we we breathed into the body, and then we, we put our hands on our hearts, and then I want you to concentrate on four things, being acceptance, uh, compassion, gratitude, and kindness. Uh, you really feel into those levels of consciousness. And this is something that we've got within us all. You know, we can actually tap into this sort of stuff because that's our innate knowing. You spoke the about the best parts of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. You spoke about the kids before. The kids know this, mate. And, uh, you know, we all know it as adults. We've just been swept up with, uh, with fear and, and all the other lower levels of consciousness which have taken us away from this uh, innate knowing that we all have. So to be able to sort of sink into a heart-based, um, you know, practice like this 
can actually reconnect you with your heart again. And once you start to get connected with that, all the noise starts to fade away and it starts to disappear. A hundred percent. I think um, that's one of the things we were talking about just before we jumped online together, um, the call together, is that, you know, we can meditate a lot um, and it's and that's a beautiful thing because you can expand your mind, you can get into stillness and everything else. But there's something else about being able to take that meditation into the heart mm. and opening up that heart space. And I, I find a lot for myself that um, my greatest way of getting through, like I can, I can meditate, I can connect with oneness, I can get in nature, I can, you know, be out there and explore and ex expand myself out and feel like I'm part of the universe again. You know, I can, I can go do that, no problems. That's I teach that. That's that's no problems. Mm. The bigger challenge is is um, letting go of this old self that I built up from a young age. You know, when I when I lost trust in the world, when I thought that. I had to compete and win and beat the other boys to get the attention of the girls, you know, to, so in other words, I had to win to be loved, you know, um, so I had to be more to be able to be acceptable as who I was. And, you know, so I kind of built this whole persona about being the Iron Man and being, being the one and being a bloke and being killer and bulletproof and I've got this, you know, and I built that whole thing up, which was very helpful for a period of time to play that game or deal with that level but as i got older and had kids and then had grandkids and and my heart opened more and more you know to my partner and to to life itself i was like holy shit that old self of mine is incongruent to who mm. i actually am mm. you could say to who i'm becoming but it's really to who i'm returning to because that's who i was before i created that yeah, self you know that's right. i'm just a wiser version of the kid that had his heart open you know yeah. and so that's where I find it interesting is to get to take my meditation into a place where I'm actually living in a real way is I have to face up to the parts of me that are still in the bullshit and mm. still get angry and still get competitive and still retort and want to pay someone back or prove them wrong or, you know, defend my honour or, you know, all this this internal reaction and stuff. And, mate, I've had so many layers of, mm. like, walls up and things up to people where, I've been a say a beautiful human trying to contribute, and at the same time, I've still had all this stuff where I'm like angry with the world, I'm reactive, you know, um, and it's like wow. Like every day I let go of that, my life gets better. I'm a bit freer, but it doesn't mean the next day that I'm completely free again. So oh, there's another bit to let go of at another level, you know. So I'm finding that my heart is naturally call it like a, something that's coming back online, like, you know, back online on the internet. My heart is rebooting the more I just go, the more I kind of love myself through my old bullshit mm. and just go, you know what, oh, that was okay then, but it doesn't quite work now and, and let myself off the hook. I don't need to be that tough guy anymore because it's just not working for me, you know, and it's, it's shutting out the people I love around me. And it's making things harder. And I, and by the way, and then I'm always trying to solve and fix things and I'm always on edge. I'm always looking for the next challenge or attack. And it's all because um, there's an old self in there that was built to protect myself. It was like mm -hmm. permanently on, on, on um, what do you call that when you're on, on watch? You know, you're, you're permanently up on the, on the castle wall on watch, you know. Yes. And it's like, shit, mate, relax, let go. <laughs> You know, even if shit does happen, you're going to be okay. But that's been so hard to let go of that. I know, mate. I, 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 I battle with it too. I have moments. Well, I'll tell you what. Like, like 
something happened to me years ago. I'll just uh, sidetrack a bit, but I, I did. Well, I, I've done various like yoga teacher trains. We did what's called Kundalini yoga, right? To to finish yes. our our Kundalini um uh training, we had to go and do what's called white tantric yoga. So we had to sit on a mat and look into a woman's eyes for twelve hours. <laughs> right, right, and, and, and all all this stuff came up. But I tell you what. I had yes. a, I had a flow state after that for probably three or four months. Yes, that I was in that coherent state consistently, mate. Nothing mattered. I, I saw deepness in, in in myself and deepness in everything after that. That's beautiful. I, I did um, many years ago. I was lucky to work with an organisation doesn't exist anymore, but we we had to go do these things called be withs, where you had to sometimes sit with someone opposite from three hours, look into their eyes. Other times, you might go out for eight, nine, ten hours, and one person's job was to say nothing the whole time and just be with the other person and then swap it around the next day sort of thing. And it was this really beautiful experience. It's like, you know, from an athlete to be doing things like this was exactly what I needed because I'd been at the extreme of an athlete, which is where you win and you prove yourself, over to now you're being with all your thoughts and feelings and you're staring into someone else's eyes. And that, that three-hour-a-day thing, I think we might have done that um, like – 10 days in a row or something like that you know it was like pretty crazy but um ultimately i'd never done kundalini yoga and i was doing some some wim hof breathing one day and then i was just doing some slow conscious breathing sitting in an ice bath Mm. and i was doing it where in the ice bath i could do um one it was like seven degrees and i could do one breath all the way in for um a minute and a half. I think it might have been two minutes. I got to one breath in for two minutes and one breath out for two minutes. So it was four minutes on one breath in inside the ice bath. And of course, when you first jump in the ice bath, you're like, <laughs> and I was doing that and concentrating breathing. And I actually actually went into a Kundalini experience and I didn't know what it was. Mm. It actually rose up or everything heated up down below and then it rose up right through. And I was like, oh my God, like what's going on? I can kind of feel it again when I say it now. And I'm sure mm. you've had it so you could tune into it. But I, I had to go and research what that was. And it's like, that's a Kundalini experience. It comes all the way up the spine. And I was like, wow, you know, so it's pretty crazy. Um, there's so many different ways to tap into these things. And for most people, what we've got to do is get out of thinking that the world's going to fix us and start exploring life and mm. exploring some of these mystical things and meditating and being still in nature and sharing with your mate and sitting and looking into your wife's eyes and or just, just look, sitting opposite the couch and just looking at her and acknowledging her, you know, and just mm. going, wow, mm. you're amazing, you know, and just being, being listening and understanding and being the space for someone else. And because the busyness, Ain't going to fix anything, and that's one thing that the current the world's telling us, mate. Um, you 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 talked about uh, the ice bath experience there. You you were in a competitive uh, sort of nature there, uh, where and that's the that's the battle that I have. Like to be able to sort of be compassionate as compared to being com, um, competitive. So yeah. So so I can I can bring that Kundalini experience on um, really easily myself through a breathing technique that I was taught. But yes. I, I, I've had my Kundalini awakened years ago. I didn't have a clue what was going on, you know, uh, yes. when, when yes. it happened. It was just absolutely incredible. And yes. I, I felt in a flow state for a long time after that, that as well too. Don't worry. So yes. these, 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 this is the power that we have within all of us, Trev. Um, Which has been talked about for thousands of years and all yeah. that's been 
suppressed and hidden you know a lot of cases but also distorted and changed and manipulated and used and monetized and all this sort of stuff but actually it was always free and it's always available to us and you know who we are is actually free mm. you know and that's all you actually need but it's just finding the ways to tap into it occasionally we pay for a course or we pay for something to go and do it that's perfect that's nothing wrong with that mm. at all to give someone exchange for teaching us something that's no problems mm. but at the end of the day the very thing we're looking for is actually free mm. you know and it's available inside of yourself and outside of your house you know um, you can either go inside or outside or a bit of both yeah that, that's it it's interesting, you know, like you, you go back and forth as I do, but, you know, you've had a lot more um, competition in your life than I have. And I sort of woke up to competition years ago. Um, like it was just that little boy that was trying to prove it. And same, same with you, I suppose, in many ways too. But, you know, I, I'm sitting in meditation this morning and um, uh, a mate of mine uh, from Shepparton, he, I'm going to send him this after we're, we're finished, <laughs> So he's, he's up here with his family at the moment. He's going to come stay tomorrow night and Sunday night. And I know he'll want to get me out on the bike and what, ride fast and then we'll go for a run and he'll want to run fast and all this sort of stuff. But, um, well, that'll be your test. That'll be your test, won't it? Yeah, it will. It will. <laughs> but see, I've sort of disengaged with that competition now. Like I'll go out, I'll enjoy this. I'll enjoy the run. I'll enjoy the ride, you know. It's not about like sort of being there quicker than him or or having to do a K in less than four minutes and all this sort of stuff anymore, you know. Um, although that, that that's okay to give yourself some like challenges and uh, and those sorts of things as well. I just think when you are, you know, able to not force yourself as much, but, you know, turn it on when you need to, but also not that that be your, your default setting. Otherwise, your mind is never settled. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. My daughter and I went on a trip with another one that we're putting on YouTube soon um, down to this beautiful little beach, and she was four-wheel driving for the first time, and, and it was amazing. And she was, like, saying while she was four-wheel driving, you know, we videoed it. She was saying, I actually think I'm better at this than you, you know. And then uh, we were laughing about competition and I said to her, you know, honey, I don't have a competitive bone left in my body after all the years of clearing I've done um, and I've got no desire to compete at all unless, of course, someone passes me, mm. you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because um, it's like, you know, they, they say, if you think you're enlightened, go back and live with your parents for two weeks. Yeah, that's you know, yeah. Um, if you think you're, if you think you let go of the competition side, just go riding with your old competitive mate. Let him, let him ride away from you. <laughs> you know, and it's it's a funny thing because um, I would say the stages of letting it go for me was the first stage for me was I have to win everything. No, that's just the way it is. That's who I am. I have to win everything. Mm. Um, the second stage for me was oh wow, I'm. I'm really competitive, isn't it? Isn't it? I, I seem to have to win everything. The third stage was, wow, there's something in me that has to win all the time. Mm. You know, the fourth stage was, oh, my God, I'm caught in this thing that's hovering around me all the time that just keeps plugging me back into competition, you know. It's like slowly but surely becoming aware that it's not even you that wants to win, you know. It's this energy that sits inside of you. It's not even inside of you. It's actually sitting around you. It's only inside of you if you've given it a home. You know, and then I actually saw just this week, I saw this almost like this strange thing hovering above me um, on, a, on a walk that I went on with a healer, a friend of mine, and we we're talking about different stuff. And right at the end of it, I was like, whoa, I could actually see this thing hovering above me. It was just trying to poke me. It's trying to poke me to get back in competition. Call it your own mind. Call it whatever you want. Yeah. Pretty, pretty weird. But it was like 
I actually could see this thing. When I closed my eyes, I was like, wow, there's this dark red and black thing hovering above me going, come on, you should compete. I'm like, wow, so not only is it, I'm now clear the part where it's hovering around me, I'm now seeing the part that's trying to poke me into it, mm. you know. So have, having said that, I, I wouldn't know whether I'm still in the competition until I test myself, but um, mm. but it's crazy. It plugs you in and you can't, you can't be yourself, you can't relax because you think you have to win to prove yourself like you're going to be a lesser person if someone beats you. Mm. Now, at a healthy level, competition can be two people pushing each other and finding out what they're capable of and how far you push each other and, wow, I didn't even realise I could go that fast. Mm. So it has this beautiful um, part of our evolution where it's pushing us to explore our capabilities. But if you buy into it and think that it is you, then everything that it gives you as far as your capabilities being um, increased, it also takes it away because now you've become this thing that has to win, mm. you know. And it's um, so it's a, it can be a healthy thing, but you have to be conscious and aware of it. Otherwise, it'll take you over. And years ago, when um, Kelly Slater and I first connected, we'd become great mates and had a great, great life as mates together and done some crazy things around the world since the mid-'90s. But when we first connected... We spent all night, we played golf together and then we just hung out together and then we spent all night just talking and then, then fished, you know, the next day and went out in the boat, you know, and we couldn't stop talking to each other. This is in the mid-90s. And literally one of the things he said to me at that one, that's one stage because I'm a bit older, a bit like an older brother that had been through the same stuff, and he said to me, you know, um, what about this competitive monster? And it was the first time I'd heard those terms and he knew it very well because he'd won six world titles with this competitive monster, but he was also aware that this thing would take me over if I let it, and to some degree I have, you know. And I was like, wow, perfectly said, the competitive monster, you know. Um, but it can give you – it wants to give you the world because if you win, you'll be in the Hall of Fame and you'll get everything given to you and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But the degree to which it gives you everything, it will also take it away from you if you don't realise that um, it's uh, – it's a part of suppressing your actual deeper, more important humanity, which is your heart. Mm, isn't it amazing? I met him years ago in Torquay, and right. uh, and I had like a just a really nice connection with him. Uh, yes, and I think that was a heart connection. You know, for sure. I would, yeah, that's he. It would have you guys would have resonated with each other for sure. It's like tribe. You know, it doesn't matter where these people are. If you if you're following something from around the world, and for some reason you feel connected that person they're probably part of your tribe mm. you know you may not ever meet them but don't dismiss them as part of your tribe because quite often they are you know and there's be some really interesting you know that that's interesting connection between um brad pitt chris hemsworth and um hugh jackman these three people, I'm like, oh, I feel very connected to these guys, you know. Mm. And there's no doubt in the world if we all sat around a fire together, you, me, them and a bunch of the people listening to this, we'd all sit down and go, oh, same, same. Mm. The, the things that are different in us are so small compared to the things that are the same, mm. you know, and they're just blokes out on a journey trying to do their best and and screwing up and making mistakes and everything else. But they're, they're three examples of people that try to try, stay pretty true to themselves even though they've been given the world, you know. Mm. It's interesting. You, you think of Kelly Slater, like he he's got this innate knowing much higher than than, than winning a title underneath all that. His, his connection with the ocean, connection with the earth, and connection with you know higher levels of being is so much more profound than actually getting a a, a title for something. Would you agree? 
Oh, 100%. So with Kel, something that he, you know, he talks about, is open about as well. But but also back to what we were talking about earlier, Kelly, his intuition, mm. his intuitive qualities, you know, his ability to, to know what to do next, to know when to arrive at a place, to know when to sit and wait for a wave, when to paddle for a wave, you know, to know when to not spark up that conversation, when to spark up that conversation. You know, the guy is tapped into something that we could all connect with more, you know. Mm. And if you want to talk about people from another planet, you know, there's lots of people out there that you go, wow, they're bringing some pretty crazy things to this world. But but Cal's one of those ones that's very tapped in and very connected and there's, there's a reason why he's been able to do what he did. He turned 50 earlier this year and he's still on the world tour. Mm. <laughs> 50 years of age and still on the world tour. So for any man or woman listening to this, Hello? You know, just pause on that for a moment. He's on the World Elite Surfing Tour, mm. you know, that requires you to turn your body inside and out, huge fitness, you know, huge courage and everything else, and he's 50 years of age. Mm. And, yeah, there's some people past him and doing things that might be, wow, that's just a bit beyond him right now, but put him together in all the balance of circumstance conditions and he's still amongst the best few in the world, handful in the world, mm. you know, 50 years of age. Now, that was impossible. Mm. And Mark Richards won his four world titles. He retired in his 20s, I think, mm. you know, because because you just wouldn't pursue it any further. There weren't career pathways and everything else, but also your body and your mind wasn't up for it. You know, it, it's just amazing what people are demonstrating. So, mm. you know, these it's like the, the wave, great example, isn't it? The wave in the ocean. The wave in Cali is the surfer that you see that's won the world titles and the ocean is who's this being, you know, how is he able to do that and contribute to that? But... But he eats raw and real and very lean and sort of, you know, keto and raw and I think occasionally vegan-based and mm. but um, lean meats and things like that. But he's also been in tune his whole life and he's stretched and he's done healing things and he's worked on himself. But he's renowned for turning up late to a surfing session, you know, that everyone's organised to do down the coast or whatever. And he'll wait, have his smoothie, have a stretch, talk to a couple of people, maybe contemplate flying to a different country. Then he'll decide to go and he'll turn up late to that session. He'll paddle out and when he paddles out, the waves turn on. Mm. And he'll surf for that two hours and when he paddles in, the waves turn off again. And he'll, he'll leave, say hello to everybody. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a moment when he turns up and not because he wants it to be, because of his reputation. That's not who he really is. And then he'll leave and drive off and people will say, God, it was pumping while he was out there, you know. Mm. And he just not only is he tuned in, but he has a way of adding to that when he's there. And, and you know, it's funny talking about another bloke like, you know, but we've talked a lot about it and him and I have talked about it in public and everything else. So, um, but that's, that's, that's in Cali, but it's in everybody. Yes. That's the thing. He's just tuned into it. You know, what you see in him is in you, you know, is in everybody that's listening to this. And so that's where people become leaders and inspirers. They're inspiring because they've got the spirit that's within, the inspire, is coming out so we can see it, which actually taps into the spirit within us. Mm. And we might not be able to surf like that or run 100 metres like Usain Bolt, but we can break down barriers and challenge things and be true to ourselves just like them. And that's where that's where the inspiration and the message is. Mate, um, like you, you think of him fifty. He'll live till he's one hundred and twenty. Um, you know, yes. I, I would have thought no, no, no problem. And 
No, Trev, I'd be on the world tour until he's 100. What are you talking about? Well, well that's true. Well, well, it's, <laughs> it's interesting, the seesaw of my life. Like, I've been to raw food festivals in America and I've been running through jungles in um, in Thailand with, with, with guys that are absolutely flowing in their older ages, you know. And I've yep. just seen this pure potential that we have as humans, which we're not dialed into. Um, you know, yes. Coming back here and trying to live in this environment, I'm dialed into it, but then I'm getting pulled back to the older all the time, you know, to, yes. to maybe have a beer and do all these sorts of things. But I know that there's a higher level of being that I've been able to experience and just felt in this complete bliss, um, you know, but I can't fight that, you know, that that's the thing. Whereas someone like him, he's probably got the ability to be able to have the access to not only the natural assets, but also to the, to the resources which keep him, you know, functioning at, at a higher level. Um, whereas for me, you know, I've, I've battled with that since I've been sort of in modern society here, you know, not being able to, to get the, the, the best quality foods and all those sorts of things. It's being able to sort of compromise with that. Um, but mate, I was watching a thing the other day. There, there was a record of a guy that was, you know, that was two hundred and thirty or something without a word of a lie. Um, wow. You know, back in the 1600s, 1700s or something, this guy he lived lived purely. He was a Chinese uh, man and lived purely on like a, a simple diet. Did all these um, simple things, and uh, yeah, there was records of him going over over two hundred and. Records of women, you know, in the well in their hundreds and so forth as well. And I just think, you know, the the, the mindset and the limitations we have as as men, but also as as, as humans, is you know we're we're going to get sick at seventy, we're going to be gone by ninety, all these sorts of things. But if we can just keep intuitive with the way that we actually are and that higher higher way of knowing, not comparing ourselves with others, but actually like really tuning in with what's um what's going on within our, in ourselves and dialing into nature more, then we can actually like really surpass our belief systems and expectations that, um, that society's pretty much um, set out for us. Would you agree? Oh, mate, 100%, you know, and a lot of what we're experiencing, there's probably two things I want to say here, and um, which links Kelly back to Eckhart Tolle and what we're talking about, about longevity. But, you know, the, the realisation that we ultimately come to the more we free ourselves out is we're actually living out programming. This is society programming. We're all living out patterns. We're all living out, you know, the, the classic male, the classic female, the retirement age, the investment portfolio, the whatever it is, the, you know, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. Um, and now there's all, all sorts of different variants of that program because a woman can do this, but it's still programming. And so one of the biggest things is that programming can only exist because we the, the law of practice states that whatever you practice at you'll be good at mm. so if we're if we're subconsciously subliminally programming ourselves that 65 if i could still be healthy by 65 that's a good that's a good innings and you know 70 and then 80 and if we've programmed ourselves if we believe that's good we're practicing that in our mind. So we're actually, our cells are aligning to it. Our, our, everything's being aligned. We're basically put ourselves in our own prison of our own thoughts, you know, instead of questioning all that saying, what, where did that come from? Why did, at what stage did I think that was a good innings? Oh, but that's what evidence and history shows us. That's just what data shows us. That's what the average or the norm. But guess what? The average or the norm were programmed as well, you know? And so 
we're actually living longer now in Western world than we were ever before because of all of technology and advancement, you know, uh, foods available and all that sort of stuff and, and all those sort of things. So we're living longer in the Western world now than we ever were. But in the Eastern world, they've been living that long for a long time and longer. Mm. You know, so we're kind of catching up with this intuitive, more connected, you know, acupuncture um, Chinese medicine is all about how every meridian, which is a, a, an electrical point in the body, is connected to every muscle, to every um, system, to every concept, you know, to every emotion. It's all like a beautiful artwork, you know, of things that are occurring together, like a, a symphony of things that are going off. Mm. So it's all information interacting with itself. So when we start to understand that, or at least acknowledge that, hang on, my body's like a symphony of energies that are all working together, you start to realise that you only have to release the blocks and you can not only live longer, but more importantly, live better mm. and live healthier right now. You can be more present, more energy, more open, more available than everything else. Mm. So the programming can only exist to the degree to which we're not conscious or woken up, you know, and waking up means we're actually waking up beyond our mind, beyond the levels of our mind that are able to be programmed that we allow ourselves to fall into the norm. So literally, you know, Eckhart Tolle says, um, he talks about the ego being simply the unconscious aspects of yourself. So then the non-realized part. So your, your ego is just made up of your mind and your old blocked emotions, you know. And so basically what he says is your ego wants you dead. Mm. You know, your ego wants you dead. In other words... Your mind is happy for you to start planning your funeral, you know, if, even if you're not. So, well, if I get to 100, I'll be happy. You know, 90, 80, 70, whatever it is, mm. your mind's happy to have this, this expiry date in the future. But once you're dead and it's going to start attacking you right now and it's going to start building limitations around you and everything else, and every time you get frustrated or resentful, it'll, it'll tell you to give up. See, you can't trust those people. See, you can't trust love, you know. Oh, the world's not a good place. Oh, we're all more asleep, you know, at the moment. A lot of people are thinking, why is the world so asleep? Why is everyone letting this happen? You know, it's like the mind is just going to work on us to get us to give up, to withdraw, to go into resentment, anger, frustration. And then when we go into that, then we go into what's called self-serving. Oh, oh, you know what? You can't trust other people. They won't look after you. You know what? I'm just better off looking after me and mine, mm. me and mine. So whoever's inside my picket fence, I'll look after. Um, if I've got a big picture, I've got a small picture, I'll just look after me and they can bugger off too. If I've got a bigger picture, I'll look after me and mine and maybe my family outside. But the bigger picture is actually going, oh, hang on a second, how can I contribute to the world in a way that makes it a little bit better for all of us? Because then each of our families can help each of our families and now we're not just family, we're now community yeah. and community is common unity. Mm. So it's a unifying thing we're unified by what's common in amongst us and that's our humanity, you know, and that's where this all changes and how we live longer. And if you look at those people that live for a long time and they looked at the octogenarians and all the people that were, you know, you know, all these healthy things, they're all, they all connected to nature. Some of them smoked and drank and everything else, but they all connected to nature. They all had walks, they all had fun and they all had community. Mm. You know, and so community is a huge part of us living a lot longer. And what happens is we're losing, we've got online communities, which are good if they inspire us to keep trading with each other and working with each other and sharing ideas. But if they're inspiring us to compare 
and compete and try and own a section of the marketplace, then we're missing the opportunity to create community. Yep. And what now, while we're all separated, we can only mix with the people within 10Ks and you're not even supposed to mix with them, you know, or whatever your, your lockdown is in your area, um, more than ever, we're actually got an opportunity. The silver lining is I've actually got to hang with the people around me. You know, I've got to create community again. I can't even go and see my friends in the Japanese snow resort or the Hawaiian holiday thing or the Balinese resort over there or the New Zealand ski fields or, you know, wherever it is that we can go if we can afford to go overseas for those of us that could. We're not even with those people anymore. We're actually having to connect with the people around us. And I just think we have to trust that mm. and go, that's where our longevity is going to come from. Get out and talk to people again. You know, and share and open back up. Let the heart open and, and explore it out in nature. And your intuition will tell you what to do next. If you want to live longer, you know, um, the uh, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm. And, and the teaching will appear, even if it appears just in the sunlight, you know. But we're definitely going to live longer if we actually reconnect to who we really are. It's, it's interesting, like, how much power we have and how we can take that power back. You think about it, Trev. What what nature created for us humans, and I just got to, I've just got to go back to to say living in Tasmania, there was all these beautiful orchards and fruit forests and and yeah, all that created there, but they've all been torn down. You know, the the, the mm-hmm. local community of the of the Tasman Peninsula and and down that sort of side of Tassie had an abundance of food. That fish they had. Um, you know, all these fruits and vegetables at their at their beck and call consistently. Everyone shared their stuff, but that's all been taken away. And I just think a lot of that uh, has been taken away from us. You know, we're now going to the supermarket and we're buying fruits and vegetables where we've got a small uh, part of land. We can actually grow that sort of stuff ourselves, and we can share it with our with our with our people. You know, uh, around us, our families, or whoever it may be. It doesn't really matter. You know, how nice is it when? Someone walks over to your house and says, oh, Trev, I've got these uh, fresh tomatoes that I just grow. Would you like them? You know? And, yeah. And, and, and you, 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 your eyes light up, your heart opens. Uh, these you you the get the tomato of... and the love. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Well, isn't it interesting how it's red like a heart and, uh, um, you know, how all, these, how all these products which nature created for us actually have got uh, an impact on what they can do to, to make us internally healthful. And when our internal health's working well, now digestive health's working well, how our mental health works well also. You know, mate, we, you know, we go to the Western conquering mind. You know, this Western conquering mind, its, it's good side is that we've paved new territories and we've opened up new things and we've been, you know, ingenu- ingenuity and we've created new things, as we mentioned earlier. You know, the Western conquering mind has explored new passes and it's spread itself out and everything else. The shadow side of it is it's destroyed a lot of things in its path and it's overcome a lot of things and it's made things, you know, superseded things and, and everything else. And some of the things that which it's squashed into the background, like the orchard mm. in the in the forest, etc., is part of who we really are. So it's no different to me being the competitor and going and winning everything, but actually destroying my relationships and my heart and not being able to stare into someone's eyes for three hours because I'm shit scared of what might come up. <laughs> so the Western conquering mind goes out and conquers everything, but it also squashes all the stuff that is the yin to us. It's our, it's the, it's the yin to our yang, you know, it's the completion of us. We're nothing without it. So what's crazy, there's a book called, I think it's called The World's Biggest or The World's Largest Estate. It's by, I think his name's Ramage or something like that, Bill Ramage. Mm. Um, 
And he's basically, it's a big book, and he's taken, it was given to me as a gift, and he's taken all of the notes out of all of the first settlers, you know, first fleets and the first people to explore and to arrive in different areas of Australia. So as the Western conquering mind went out, went out into Australia, um, they wrote notes of what they came across. And what they actually discovered was that the Indigenous, the original people of our country, the Indigenous um, people, um, were actually had these beautiful setups and they had they, they would keep they would do all these burn offs and they had the grass low in certain areas and they would keep the trees cut down in certain areas so they would funnel all the animals down to one spot where they would drink and then they would hide in the trees and they would just take one animal at a time for food and they would do all this stuff and they would basically from country to country within the country from all the different mobs they were all very aware of, of, of the law of the country and they would look after each other's areas and if they crossed over, they had to take approval to cross over and, you know, blah, blah, blah and stop and ask to be there. So they lived in a very, very civilised way. They were very in tune. They were very much, they were symbiotic with nature. They were very sustainable. They had been for thousands of years. Mm. And now there's evidence here on the Gold Coast. There's artefacts that are carbon dating to 70,000 years underneath the Gold Coast airport. That's on the Gold Coast, mm. let alone all these other places, you know. So 35,000, no, 40, 55, 60, 70,000 years of subsistence and everything else. And so all these notes, and they said it's like arriving at a, a, a beautiful botanic gardens in London. You know, all these notes they actually said it was all done. So what we then did was when, as we tried to own the place, we went, oh, clear that land and I'll make my own farming land or whatever and we, you know, agriculture and all that stuff, industrial age and all that came in. So we actually went against our, our Western conquering mind, just wiped out nature to create more money, mm, mm. to create more profit. Mm. And somewhere the great cycle has to complete where we wise up, we wake up and realise in simple ways, if I bring a little bit of that back into my life, can't change that all overnight because I, I might still have to go down to Woolies and buy that cheapest mandarin that I can and that might come from a farming family that have cleared their area and they're doing the best with what they know and they're being true to themselves and they're working really bloody hard. You know, so we're all in this situation and we're all doing the best with what we know but slowly but surely that farming family will explore, you know, less pesticides and slowly but surely that truck driver and this will happen and that will happen because what something's got to give the system's about to collapse it's all about to fall apart you know and we're going to have to trade with each other again and everything else and that might be a good thing so some of the things that we think give us comfort and freedom might have to fall apart and we might go through a bit of pain before we get back that ability to hand each other the tomato yeah you know and we get the tomato and the love and we might even get a friendship and a mateship and a connection and a comrade you know, to help build something. And, you know, this is this is what we, some ways, we need to return to. And at, at the same time, we're getting industrious and doing new things, the heart opens back up. Mm. You know, so some things might have to fall apart, mate, before it gets better. Yeah, I think um, certainly like what was spoken about 4,000 years ago um, is becoming yeah. Re yeah, relevant here with with, with this. And, uh, although it's spoken about in every major religion too, by the way, and all the major mystic um, traditions and everything, they all spoke about this time. They all prophesied this time and it was a battle of light and dark, the conscious versus the unconscious, and it was going to be when we wake up to realise what we'd created, mm. you know. Who are we? 
who have we become, what do we need to be? And if we look at that as a society, we've become so dependent on all of these things that are all based in profit, mm. you know, and based in consumption. A lot of it we don't even need. And as simple as something I think we chatted about last time maybe, but, you know, I've been fasting in the mornings mm. and I don't eat five, six, seven days a week. I don't eat till lunchtime, mm, you know, from the end of the night before. And I'm like, my health has never been better. My weight control has never been better. My energy levels have never been better. Mm. And I'm older and and I'm spending way less money on food, spending way less time preparing. I've got, I'm not waking up with the grumps. I'm not wait, craving a coffee or anything else. This is all stuff that would have controlled me. Mm. This That stuff was controlling me. Because I was in the industrial age where we, we created breakfast, lunch. Breakfast was break fast. Mm. It was in the middle of the day after we'd gone and done a few things. It turned into breakfast first thing in the morning. So people would be have enough food in their system to get to lunchtime, to get enough food in the system to get to dinner so we could actually work them harder. Mm. So breakfast, lunch and dinner is a part of slavery. It's mm-hmm. a part of us all feeding a system that we think is feeding us but at a level it's not. And we know it has on so many levels. It's given us so much. Mm. I'm not poo-hooing the system, just saying there's a level of consciousness that will make us realise we traded some things off and we have to come back to them. Yes, absolutely well We said. don't need as much as we think we need. Mm. Mm. And we don't need the, the, the like the Fruit Loops and the Cocoa Pops and that sort of stuff, um, like uh, <laughs> or the Wheat Bix or the Vitabrits or whatever they were, perhaps as much. But um, I was the Vitabrits guy, mate. I was the guy that did the ad. It was a ten percent increase. Know. You know, in Vitabrits, you know, fourteen Vitabrits a day. I used to eat, and I told the truth, and I said that with my heart when I said that. Like, why can't I eat fourteen Vitabrits? And and I, I felt that it was what was driving me and everything else. And one hundred percent gave me a massive carbohydrate boost and all that sort of stuff. And mm. and carbs are a big part of an athlete's life and everything else. But to grow up later and realise at a different phase of my life is that I haven't had one for I don't know how many years. I don't know how many years. It's decades, <laughs> a couple of decades, you know. Yeah. Um, but I thank my a big part of that for my life, you know. Mm. But um, but it's crazy that, okay, no, now we're going to have to move and change. You know, there's different things we need now. And some of these companies are going to have to move and change with it because people will wake up and realise, I don't want that. Mm. And if you go into the health food health aisle of, of Woolies or Coles now, it started off in one section. It's now going down the whole aisle. Mm. And if you look at the way coconut oil has replaced a lot of oils and the way there's so much non-dairy stuff now and darker chocolate and all these things, even our treats are slowly but surely being realised as, oh, you can have a treat which will take you out or you can have a treat without all that sugar and out all that processed stuff in and out all those colours and additives in it. It can still give you a treat, but actually it's got a lot of, you know, um, you know, good things, you know, the oxygenation of, of a bit of dark chocolate when it's got, hasn't got all that sugar in it, mm. you know, all those sort of things. So mm. that aisle is getting bigger and bigger, mate. But at the same time, this is such a, a symphony of things, Woolworths and Coles are trying to buy out all those companies that started all that because they want a monopoly of control at all. And yeah. the middleman and the, and the middle class is being destroyed right now because of lockdowns, mm. you know, and big global conglomerates are going to have all the power, you know. So it's like, whoa. <laughs> Let's go back to the market and share with each other and don't buy everything from there, you know, and and be there for the guy that's actually putting his fingers in the soil and go and buy his stuff and pay a little bit extra for him and give the love to him. And and what actually happens is more comes your way as well. We've got to refeed that, that, uh, that economy. Mm, it can have a reverse effect. 
I need to uh, to, to share something with you. And Eckhart Tolle would be sitting in the background saying, now, Aaron, this is your ego. So <laughs> so I was in the Bernie Ten a few years ago, uh, which is a uh, big, big 10K race in Tassie. And um, yep. like I was in the program then of having to eat before I competed and all that sort of stuff. And I was with the top yes. bunch like at halfway. And, uh, and then my body's saying, oh, we're going to slow you down here. Um, and, and all these, these guys took off and they, they end up like, you know, getting to the end of, and sort of, you know, facing it out to see who won it. And I was like wallowing in my, my sorrows and I'm not an athlete by, by any, um, search of the imagination. But what I know now is if I had have like not eaten that morning, I would have probably been up there at the end of that race. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but, but see, at the same time, there, there's a lesson in itself, Trev, is, is the ego is because if I had like, got there and maybe if I had won that, where that would have taken me, but the actual lesson was actually like giving me, me myself a kick in the ass by, by not getting there and then actually like realising that I had to go on this journey to understand this sort of stuff, you know? So yes. I, I suppose I've been grateful to be able to, um, to not pursue greatness uh, you know, as in its essence, and come back to the, the the real stuff of actually being, rather than sort of being, um, so so uh, driven to compete. Yes. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And, isn't and it? just just taking the food thing really quickly, I think I don't know if I mentioned last time that I trained for the Kulangata Gold training last year. The race never yeah. ran, and I. I was, you know, I wasn't going to do it. And then I decided on the morning, one morning, I'm like, I might do it. And that was the day they cut, shut it off. They locked it down, you know. But anyway, I trained for it and I ended up going five minutes faster than when I was on the podium as a, as a 19 or 20 year old in the curling at a gold. I never got to do the curling at a gold. I got to do the Gold Coast gold, which was the Uncle Toby's version. I did it once, start, and it didn't start at another time with Glenn's Fever and, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I, I never got to concentrate on that race. But, I um I got third in it to Guy Leach and Craig Riddington, mm. and I did the run through of the race five minutes quicker um, than what I did then as a 52 year old, and in the it's a four hour race, four and a half hour race, or four mm. hours for Ali Day, mm. about four hours fifteen for me, <laughs> but I actually um I didn't eat in the morning, and I didn't have anything until about the three hour mark. Mm. You know, and then I just had a simple, like a little gel and some squirty stuff and then just enough so I could dual fuel so I could still burn fat, but I could actually, and I actually went through that whole thing and finished that really, really strong, walked around, got everything done. Next day, I felt like I'd done nothing. When I did it five minutes slower and I got third place in it, I couldn't walk the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable because you would have been loading up on stuff that night because you thought you had to replenish and all that. Yeah, yeah. Carbohydrate burning, you know, like carb loading, all this sort of stuff, which Mm. is all burning these sugars and things that we don't actually need. Mm. You know, we we would have ran the fields in our DNA. We would have ran the fields chasing buffalo and bison. We would have ran the fields for hours. You know, for hours on, on just nothing. Mm, you know, it's, it's our body knows how to do this. We're just trained with more practice again. We've practiced at being good at eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. You watch the, um, like, like these Ethiopian runners and these, um, these guys from Africa. You watch when they're actually, like, competing. They're not competing. They're actually, like, smiling as they're, they're going. They're, they're, oh, I love it. They're know, just showing uh, us humanity. It's beautiful. They, yeah. they show us how, how to actually fly across the across the land you know it's so natural to them 
Yeah, and then and then maybe three or four hours after they've uh, they've, they've finished the race, they might have a small bowl of um, um, you know rice or, or something like that. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They they don't need to get all these calories in, and it's interesting. Like I, I when I was in America, I I come across a guy by the name of Timothy Van Orden. He's one's like he's won like nine or ten like U.S. training trail running championships. He'll eat like yes. blueberries and stuff. You know, yes. he, he wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't go and get into all the other bits and pieces. The only no, time he, he got get beaten when guys were loading up on creatine and all this sort of stuff, and they were probably giving themselves all these false calories, which is would probably come back and bite him in the ass. But oh, it bites you in the ass for sure, hundred percent. Mm, mm, but he, uh, he was an incredible individual. This guy and so vibrant. Uh, you know, in his fifties and. It just goes to show, you know, Trev, um, what potential we actually have as humans uh, and, yeah. as, and as men if we uh, are open to it, you know, and we sort of let go of some of the things that we, uh, that we believe are, are correct and maybe question some of the things that, um, that, that uh, may not be working for us, I suppose, Trev. So we might have to wrap I, it up. I, I would summarise the whole thing by saying, mate, it's in our nature. All the good stuff is actually in our nature and if you're having trouble finding it, get out into nature and it'll help you reconnect with it. And the only thing you have to do is get out of your mind. Mm. Get out of nature, get back into nature and get out of your mind because your mind, even if you get in nature but you stay in your mind, you know, you won't quite tap in as much as you could. Just do the work to get out of your mind. Recognise this thinking thing inside of us and slowly but surely see it and know that this is the thing that's the only thing that can control you is your thoughts. Mm. And those thoughts aren't even yours half the time. They pop in from left, right and centre and you're like, why am I thinking that? You can walk into a shopping centre and all of a sudden you're craving, you're craving to shop. Mm. You're like, what? Where'd that come from? Mm. You know, and it's, it's all programming and it's all subliminal and it's all hidden in the ocean because we just see ourselves as the wave. We don't realise it's all hidden in the ocean. It's feeding into the wave, you know. Mm. Um, but it's, it's, it's in our nature, mate. We, we eat something and then we think, why did we eat that? You know, we, we went to the Donut King and then we think five minutes later, why did I have that? You know, so there's, there's yeah. ego in its essence, isn't it? You know, it's so, so it's the un- and the ego just equals unconscious. The ego is not arrogance, arrogance is one form of ego. Ego is any unconscious part of ourself, it's the who you think you are. Mm. You know, you, you, it's your thinking. You know, your thinking is your ego. It's like become conscious of it. And you begin to deconstruct your ego and then this other beautiful presence rises in you and you start to feel, oh, my God, I feel really, what's that going on? I feel really present and connected and love starts to be a natural state and mm. connection and sharing with others and appreciation and gratitude and all that's a natural state. And then you see other people and you start recognising and you go, oh, my God, what a beautiful human. You know, you just mm. life changes when you get, when you can, it's not get out of your thinking, that's a good way of saying it, but even better is, just notice your thinking because if you notice it, you'll start actually coming out of it anyway. Mm, well said, mate. We are, we are not our thoughts. That, that's true. It's, it's hard to hard to comprehend that, I suppose, isn't it? So. Yeah, because we're so used to channeling everything through our thoughts. What do you mean by that? It's like just check it out. Just meditate on it. Ponder the idea that am I not my thoughts? I, but but I'm, I'm, I'm this. It's like, no, it's just a thought coming and hiding in that is, you know, we're in, we're inside there. We're hidden in our thoughts, but we're actually our thoughts are obscuring who we are. Mm. Beautiful way to finish it there, Trev. I think um, how can Thanks, mate. Uh, there's lots of uh, lots of uh, people and and, and uh, lots of good content from this conversation. But it'd be awesome if um, 
people could maybe connect with you and maybe tap into your boot camp for the soul that might be a good uh, a good way to uh find some of this stuff stuff that we've talked about and be able to sort of you know get some assistance with yourself to uh to, to get some uh, higher states of awareness through through your course, how can people touch base with you, Trev? Yeah, thanks, buddy. Um, so trevorhendy.com, there's always some interesting stuff on there. The boot camp for the soul is being refurbished at the moment, so you can't quite sign up for it at the moment, but have a look at it and check it out. But I'm also putting a lot of information onto um, Hendy Trev Instagram oh, yeah. and also trevor hendy youtube so um definitely come over to youtube because i'm doing trying to do a, a weekly wisdom chat and um and i'm also putting out a bunch of the trips and tours we're doing into nature and stuff and some really cool four-wheel driving and and uh having a laugh with my family and friends and stuff like that and just trying to inspire people to reconnect and get out of nature so come on over and, and subscribe on that one and follow that journey because I, I want to build that one up and I want to create a community over there on Instagram and YouTube and just say, let's let's talk with each other and let's help each other and I'm, I'm in it with everybody else and that's the great truth. We're all deep down, we're all in this together. Um, the great you know lie or deception is that it's a competition and we're against each other. We, they can only control us when we think there's limited resources but together when we get together, there's infinite resources because we all have what each other needs. So, so come and join me in that chat. And you know, obviously, you and me as have been clutched and connected, and and uh, it's looking forward to more, mate. Guys, thanks very much for listening in to Trevor and I. Hope that uh, helps in some way. Very deep uh, conversation there. Um, certainly uh, appreciate your feedback. If you'd like to reach out, support au. Thanks so much for listening in to some awesome guests coming up. Please uh, share the podcast. Keep in touch. Cheers.